0: Three Dog Thursday on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network of Shows is presented by WinBet. Get started today and you'll get a risk-free bet up to $500. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. We're also brought to you by Better Than Vegas. Better Than Vegas is your home to free daily video picks from the SGPN. It's like YouTube for sports gambling. And make sure that you subscribe to our profile at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash BTV. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash BTV. We're also brought to you in part by Roman. Roman is the straightforward way to take care of your ED. GetRoman.com slash SGP gets you $15 off your first month. That's GetRoman.com slash SGP. We're also brought to you in part by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is your home to the Best Ball Mania 2 contest where you can win a million dollars, that's right, a million bucks, Sign up now at underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. Football fans, it's
1: time to go on the record for this week's matches in pro and college football with just one catch. We're only interested in underdogs. Who can keep it close, if not pull the outright upset? Time to find out. It's Three Dog Thursday. Now here's your host, T.J. Reed.
0: Indeed, we have entered a brand new month. We have concluded the NFL draft, but we are ready to rock on with much more. In the recap mode of that, we've got NBA information and underdogs coming straight ahead. If you're looking towards Thursday, Friday, and this weekend, We're glad that you found us here on the only digital radio show that's devoted exclusively to those dogs. We love the underdog angle, the less thought of the road team in a lot of cases, not given much of a chance to win the game, but sometimes they can cover and keep it close. It's what we do on three dog Thursday. I am merely the somewhat capable host straight ahead. Brian Edwards, senior handicapper, Vegas insider, MajorWager.com will be right here on the program to give insight on the draft and the NBA. Uh, later on, lots of conversation on our YouTube roundtable uh, in terms of boxing in particular, the Canelo Alvarez Unified Super Middleweight Title Fight at and Stadium, home of the Dallas Cowboys. Saturday night, they're going to have 60,000 and maybe 65,000 plus in the biggest attended a, a sporting event post-COVID-19 pandemic and shutdown of everything last year as fans begin to come back to everything uh, we've seen it with NFL games with limited fans at some of them. We've seen it now at Major League Baseball with limited fans, some limited fans in hockey and basketball. Kentucky Derby had over 50,000 people at Churchill Downs last week. And now this fight uh, with Canelo, one of the top names in boxing for the last decade in action. Lots of conversation about that coming up on the roundtable. Reminder real quick, however you found this show, whether it's a social media link uh, or through the Sports Gambling Podcast network of shows, Sports Gambling Podcasts, Dot com with Ryan Kramer, Sean Green, and those guys. Make sure you subscribe: Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google Podcasts to Three Dog Thursday. Find us. Uh, the, I know on Apple Podcasts and Spotify they're saying follow you, follow the podcast. Now you don't have to pay to subscribe on Apple or on Spotify, but follow us. Follow us on Google Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you get podcasts. Search Three Dog Thursday, and the same with the YouTube channel. Subscribe there. And you will get the content automatically when it's new. The video content in our middle roundtable segment comes automatically to your phone, your iPad, if you subscribe to our stuff. So subscribe to the podcast, subscribe to the YouTube channel. You are good. And with that, let's bring in from Vegas Insider, uh, senior handicapper of uh, uh, Vegas Insider, MajorWager.com, and a smiling Brian Edwards as an Atlanta Falcon guy because you are not burning your Steve Bartkowski jersey you're not tearing up your Falcon card. Uh, my friend, it is good to have you off of the draft where they got your guy, the Florida Gator, the tight end, Kyle Pitts with the fourth overall pick. So you're smiling ear to ear. How are you?
2: Absolutely. I'm outstanding, and my Hawks are surging and getting healthy. My I don't have to turn in my Jesse Tuggle paraphernalia. Uh, I'm all good, bro. <laughs> all
0: right. So a lot to get to on the draft. I mentioned some NBA conversation. Brian is just – Uh, amped up to talk about some of these teams that are doing well. Let's begin. Uh, The the draft played out pretty much as we thought at the top in the first five, like everybody thought, with three quarterbacks right in a row. Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson. As it turns out, Trey Lance is the 49er pick. Uh, Quick pop quiz puts you right on the spot. Did the 49ers make a mistake with Lance, the North Dakota State quarterback at number three, instead of Mac Jones, the Alabama quarterback, who they could have taken? Justin Fields the Ohio State quarterback the former Georgia quarterback who transferred the Buckeyes did the 49ers get it right first blush before we see any of this or do you believe they got it wrong before we ever play games
2: well obviously only time will tell but I'll say they got it wrong they gave up what three well they moved down or they gave up this year's first rounder and two future that's three that's too much too much for me um well I mean we'll see maybe I'm wrong but we, we don't know. None of us know, really. I mean, you know, 17 games at FCS level, we shall see. I'll say none.
0: All right. And again – I tell you
2: what, it took brass ones to do it.
0: Brass yeah. ones. And, and the and the trade-up uh, with the Miami Dolphins was three spots, clearly for a quarterback. But to not pick the two guys uh, that are from the brand-name schools, including Mac Jones from Alabama, interesting, he was still there for the Patriots and Bill Belichick at 15 – uh, to take a quarterback in the opening round uh, in an interesting quarterback room where you've got War Eagle, Cam Newton, and now Roll Tide with Mac Jones. Did you know, Brian Edwards, did you hear the stat? That is now 12 times Bill Belichick has drafted an LSU or Alabama Nick Saban player. Not all of them at Alabama, but 12 times he has picked a Saban player because Saban was his former defensive coordinator with the Cleveland Browns 25 years ago. How about that with the Love Fest continuing with those two? Yeah,
2: yeah no doubt. And I mean, he, he, he annually takes a lot of SEC players in general. I didn't realize it was that many on, you know, saving from LSU Bama. But I mean, he's he usually half their draft is SEC guys. And uh, who can blame you?
0: Yeah, there's a lot. Uh, I mean, once again, it, it's 60, 70 SEC guys that are going in there uh, at all the different schools. All right, so let's get into it a little bit more because you had some underovers you hit on Devontae Smith under the 11. You kept preaching that under the 11th selection, just barely coming in with the 10th pick by the Eagles. I have a couple thoughts on that, and I think everybody knows where I stand. What is your thought, uh, Devontae Smith to the Eagles There is the third receiver taken off of the top 10?
2: Well, he's the best receiver in the draft. I said before the draft, I think uh, Kyle Pitts and Devontae Smith are the most likely Hall of Famers. I think he should have been the first wide receiver off the board.
0: Good for the Eagles. And interesting that uh, Jamar Chase, the LSU receiver, did not uh, uh, play this past season. He goes five to the Bengals like we theorized. And then Jalen Waddell off the injury gets paired up with Tua Tonga-Vailoa in Miami as the next receiver taken. But the Eagles go ahead and pair Devontae Smith with Jalen Hurts. I thought that was interesting, too, real quick, Brian.
2: Yeah, and I mean, I'm not like dogging on the Dolphins. I think Waddle's going to be terrific as well. I just think is going to be a little bit better. Um, and, but Waddle, Waddle works fine. I'm, again, I'm not taking a knock at the Dolphins, uh, and I'm not taking a knock at the Bengals either because Jamar Chase and Burrow have that built-in chemistry. Um, you know, uh, so uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not knocking Waddle or, or Chase. I think they're both going to be really good, but Devontae is the man. He's, he's like, I don't want to say he's the next Jerry
0: Rice because there's only one Jerry Rice, but this sure. Devontae is the man. And, and he's not as big as Rice. And, and even Rice, by the way, wasn't a top 10 pick. He was taken later in the first round by San Francisco, late in the first round out of Mississippi Valley State. And, and I am not saying he is not going to be the imposing receiver that, let's say, a Randy Moss, a Terrell Owens, the bigger guys like Julio Jones, his contemporary from Alabama that went in the top 10. But you are, you are kidding yourself if you don't understand how explosive he is, what a route runner he is, attention to detail. Let's just see that marriage in Philadelphia with Hurts. Uh, again, as we talk with Brian Edwards here, you're smiling. We'll stick with the Alabama theme. You and I did not go to Alabama. We're not on their payroll for their sports information staff, but they they just continue to churn out uh, picks in the first round, including Najee Harris, and I believe you got the under on the under over for Najee Harris going to the Steelers, Brian.
2: I did. Um, I got it at 29 and a half about a month ago, but I even put a little more on it at 24 and a half. Cause I was convinced he wouldn't get past the Steelers. So by the hair of my chinny chin chin, did I hit a couple of those, but I, I went undefeated on my draft bets, which is the first, uh, not, not, not that I betted a whole lot, but I had Devante, I got pits under five and a half a while back. And, um, uh, I recommended Trask under 77. My, my accounts didn't offer it, uh, but I knew that's what the number was uh, at some spots, but I, I wasn't able to get it, but I, it, he did go under to your boys. Yes. And what a perfect situation for him to just kick back and learn from the best.
0: To learn Tom from Tom Brady's. Best. And there was a lot of talk. Again, I will share with the Three Dog Thursday audience, Brian, you'll be proud of me. We were on the live Buccaneers radio draft coverage for only five hours, literally from 7 p.m. to midnight, waiting for the Buccaneers first pick. And as that first round unfolded, We continue the debate, are they going to grab Kyle Trask at the end of the first round, the Florida quarterback, for the fifth-year option? Under the rules with draft picks, that guarantees that if you want to pick up the option on a quarterback, you get it for much less, and he's a free agent one year later than normal. So there was great debate for like the last What Ronde say
2: what Rondé say.
0: So it wasn't Rondé on with me, but we had a couple of analysts and my co-host with me. We were kicking it around. Do they take Trask here at 32? And they didn't. I believe that somebody was going to grab him in the top 10 of the second round night two. That turned out to be wrong. Nobody traded up. Nobody moved up to try to grab him. Even, even with the teams that maybe didn't necessarily need a quarterback in the top 10, The Buccaneers, I can tell you, you can see it in their faces with Jason Light, the GM, Bruce Arians, the coach. They are elated, ear to ear. They did not have to trade up. They sat where they were, and the 64th pick at the end of the second round ends up being trash. And it's a phenomenal situation for him. Zero pressure and expectation for this year. And you learn from Tom Brady, just elaborate on that more. I mean, trash could have gotten more money. In another situation to go at the end of the first round, much more lucrative. But, th- I mean, if you're not going to play, this is a great situation for him.
2: No doubt. He learns from the best. And uh, knock on wood, Brady hardly ever gets hurt. Uh, but if he if he does, you go in and you've got Mike Evans and Godwin and you've got Antonio Brown. And, uh, you know, you're working with those guys in practice anyway. You're close to Gainesville where you've been uh, the last five years, you're, everything's comfortable. Everything is just – its it could not be a better situation for him.
0: And you know this because you're a Gator, guys. We rock on on Three Dog Thursday with Brian Edwards at VegasInsider.com. This is a guy who is used to sitting and waiting. He sat behind yeah. De'Eric King in high school. I know you know this. In Texas, Eric King, who became the Houston quarterback, has now been the Miami Hurricane quarterback. He sat behind Felipe Franks at Florida for Dan Mullen and waited for his opportunity. I think that had a lot to do with the Buccaneers saying he will embrace maybe not even playing the first couple of years while he learns. Right. This may be a 2023 thing, Brian, for Kyle Trance. Yeah.
2: yeah. Um, I, You know, I don't... I'm sure he would scoff at the notion of the, that I'm okay. I'm used to sitting on the bench because he's been playing mostly the last two years, but um, yeah, he, 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 he knows how to be patient and sit back and learn and just seize this opportunity when he gets it. And uh, he'll probably get it in year three. And by the way, did you see where Felipe Franks landed by via undrafted free agent?
0: I did not see that uh, because he transferred and played last year at Arkansas. Where did he end up? Falcons. How about you with your Falcons? So <laughs> I thought me and Felipe in. were divorced, man. <laughs> <laughs> your ex comes back around, uh, yes. Felipe Franks, with the big the big frame and, and the wheels. But he had injuries, obviously. Is uh, well. he played some good football at times. For he played Arkansas really good.
2: Year. He played Early. really good for Arkansas last year, and he played. You know, I mean, he played pretty good for the Gators the last year and a half. Um, you know, he would still miss some, make some bad decisions, but uh, he's got an NFL arm. There's no doubt in that. Hell, I might would argue he's got the best arm of anybody
0: in well, this Well, there's track. two or three things to think about. I mean, one of them, again, no pressure to play because for right now, sure. it's Matt Ryan's team to learn from him. Arthur Smith, a quarterback guy all the way through his coaching chain to help work with him. And Felipe Franks may end up on the practice squad, et cetera. Et cetera. Who knows? Who knows with any of these guys? Uh, When you go undrafted, speaking of which, I thought it was very interesting and we'll get to the NBA picks here in a few moments. Lots of boxing talk still coming on three dog Thursday with the Canelo Alvarez fight in the middle segment. Brian is back in the final segment to talk about it as well. Canelo defending his super middleweight titles against England's Billy Joe Saunders uh, in in uh, Dallas Cowboy land. Jerry Jones and AT&T Stadium. Sixty five thousand plus Brian expected Brian expected to be in attendance. We'll see what happens with that. But back to the players, the undrafted players, et cetera. Very interesting that you had, what, five first-round picks at least. It's either five or six that didn't play the 2020 COVID-crazy season. They opted out. The Buccaneers drafted Joe Tryon, the defensive end from Washington, who didn't play. Penny Sewell, the offensive lineman uh, from the uh, Oregon, Oregon Ducks, didn't play. I mean, there was uh, what uh, – the, uh the pass rusher from – the Miami Hurricanes didn't play it didn't Barley, affect some Virginia of the guys. Tech, yeah, yeah. All right, so it didn't affect some of the guys. What's your thought on that that they still went in the first round without playing 2020?
2: Yeah, those are elite players, but guys like Jamie Newman who had seemingly this great situation at Georgia, it got basically gotten there in January and you know, was walking into a, a stacked squad. And then, and it was a last minute. I mean, people had been opting out for like two months and he, he just at the last second opted out. And I was puzzled. I was, I remember, I think I tweeted that day. I was like, it's not like you're a first round pick, you know, what are you doing? And then he doesn't even get, I don't know who picked him up, right. uh, at, via undrafted free agent, but uh, I would say Newman was the guy that made the biggest mistake because he had, you know, a lot of good players around him in Georgia. And, uh, Could have, you know, proved it at the SEC level, and it's not like uh, his sitting out, okay, now I'm going to get drafted high regardless of whether I fail or or do well in the SEC. I mean, he just – he blew it.
0: All right, and another guy that's interesting – He landed with the Eagles. Sorry, go ahead. Yes, good good on that. And another guy, too, you talk about guys that played and maybe Marvin Wilson, remember, was very upset as the defensive tackle at Florida State with the new coach, Mike Norvell, and the whole – the Black Lives Matter, the social injustice, and how Norvell handled that. There was talk that he wasn't going to play, that he was just going to opt out. He hung in there as a team captain. He played. He had injuries. Marvin Wilson was believed to be like a first or second-round pick, certainly a night-two pick before last season played, and yet he plays and goes completely undrafted after the miserable FSU season. The Browns ended up with him. But sometimes it's a cautionary tale, because Marvin Wilson stuck it out for his teammates and as a captain, and it cost him some money, because I believe if he'd have gone uh, the year without playing on potential, which is kind of like Joe Tryon at Washington as the defensive end, or a couple of these other guys, there's no, Brian, do you agree with me? There's no way he escapes round two and round three without being taken on potential, I don't think. Yeah.
2: Yeah, no, you're probably right. Um, I found it surprising. Uh, a couple of my Seminole buddies, I, we kind of have a group text. Uh, I, I dominate them in a one-on-three fashion, and I was, at, I was, I was like, when, when's Big Marv going? Day three for sure, right?" And, and they acted like, "I hope he doesn't go." I didn't realize there was some pushback from some Noel fans. I don't know if it was from his poor play or or what it was, but um, yeah, he uh, obviously could have could have got drafted had he not stayed in school.
0: All right. So there you go on the NFL draft and the grades. And Brian, again, has been all over that, uh, especially with majorwager.com and his social media. Let's segue on Three Dog Thursday and get to some underdog talk in and around the NBA uh, that's coming down the home stretch. And again, a lot of conversation about those play in games that's coming seven, eight, nine, and 10 are going to have to play each other and then play a little brief, either one or two game. After that, we'll get to that in a second. I know you want to lead off. It is fresh. There's a fresh wound out there for some gamblers that were looking at the Cleveland Cavaliers as an underdog on Tuesday night. Again, full disclosure, we're taping Wednesday evening in advance of Three Dog Thursday, so we don't know the Wednesday results, but we have the Tuesday results. And if you had the Cleveland Cavaliers against the top team in the West, the Phoenix Suns, you thought you were in great shape for underdog purposes especially when the game went to overtime against Phoenix. But you never know, do you, Brian?
2: You don't. And you've probably heard me piss and moan about some overtime underdogs in college basketball. I had like four of them this year. A couple of them were like, you know, as high as like plus six and a half, plus seven and a half. I don't think I've ever heard of a double-digit dog not covering in overtime. I don't think. (laughs) I can't remember it off the top of my head. But this one will be remembered for a long time. Uh, Phoenix covers comfortably. What did they win by 16 or 18? I think 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 they won by
0: 16 after being a a 12-and-a-half point favorite. The game goes to a five-minute overtime for the Cavaliers, who are awful. We understand that. Phoenix is highly motivated to win a game. But they didn't just win in the overtime. They won and covered a a 12-and-a-half point line. I I have not seen when the last time, Mm -hmm. if ever, that's happened in the NBA – So it's crazy because you thought you thought if you had a Cleveland ticket for Tuesday, I don't know how many did. I'm good. I'm golden. And you're not. And you're not. Yeah. Uh, Um, All right. So give me a couple of teams that you are all over right now. I I know uh, in particular, the Wizards you're looking at, you've been preaching the Knicks for three weeks. If they've been listening on three dog Thursday. No matter what the Knicks line is, as an underdog or a favorite, be all over it. You've been preaching the Knicks. You've been preaching the Wizards too out of the East. What else? Give me, give me some stuff here.
2: Yeah. So Wizards are fourteen and three against the spread uh, going into tonight's game at Milwaukee, and they're getting a lot of respect from the odds makers. They were only a three-point underdog early in the day. Yeah, Milwaukee. Um, That's oh yeah. The Milwaukee's playing the Wizards Wednesday night, and Milwaukee's in a letdown spot because they've beaten uh, the Brooklyn. Uh, back-to-back games, uh, two out of the last three uh, nights. But Hachimura is not playing Wednesday night, a non-COVID illness. Um, So the line did go up to four and a half. But, I mean, after Milwaukee beats Brooklyn twice in a row, the Wizards are going there, you know, granted in a letdown and a back-to-back. But they're only three-point underdogs. That's getting some respect from the odds. Did I
0: see they scored 80 points in a first-half the Other night was that like hockey? Were they playing five on four on the power play for the second quarter? How do you get 80 you know, points in the first half of an NBA game? That total was
2: 246 and a half, which might have been the highest I've seen all year. And it went over with like nine and a half, ten minutes left <laughs> in the game in the fourth quarter. I mean, it, they just obliterated one of the higher totals we've seen all year. It might have been the highest. Um and yeah, so the Wizards are are balling 14 and three against the spread going into Wednesday. Knicks are 15 and one against the spread going into Wednesday. They're getting Nerland's Noel back, and, and they got Alec Burks back uh, last game, who's a double-figure scorer for them. And Noel is one of the top shot blockers uh, in the league. And, and the Knicks are getting uh respect at Denver tonight, only a four-point or Wednesday night, only a four-point dog. And look, my Hawks um They catch Phoenix Wednesday night in a back-to-back spot. The Hawks have won six in a row, both straight up and against the spread at home specifically, and are um, 14 and two of us straight up and against the spread their last 16 at home. And there have been a lot of big bets have been made on the Hawks out in Vegas. Uh, There was a $20,000 bet made on them to win the title, and another $20,000 bet made on them (laughs) to win the win the East.
0: Win the East may be okay. I'm not going to go so far as the Hawks to win the title. Uh, And again for Atlanta. They're not playing on the weekend. If you're hearing us on Three Dog Thursday, they don't play again till Monday. So keep an eye on the Hawks on that. You were mentioning the Wizards after Wednesday night, which again we don't know the result of that Milwaukee game while we're taping. Brian and I, they play the Pacers Saturday night. Keep an eye on did the Wizards cover on Wednesday, which again would make them what sixteen and three. You said they're fifteen and. Three uh, no, they're now. fourteen
2: and three going tonight. That'd make them fifteen it and would three make against
0: the and spread. Three. Keep an eye. Keep an eye on that. And then I'm looking again for the Knicks. And the next time they're playing, I'll search for that. They are playing the Suns, interestingly, out West on Friday night. Keep an eye on that for Three Dogs Thursday. You would think the Knicks are going to get like six or seven points at least, even with the way they've been playing, because they're at Phoenix probably on Friday.
2: Yeah, I I would think that, and uh, I'll I'll be interested in the Knicks as long as they're getting, I would say, as long as they're getting six, I would be interested in them, assuming no fresh injuries.
0: Very interesting that the Lakers and the Clippers, uh, and the Lakers are now perilously close, I'll use that phrase, to the 7-8 situation. They're only a game in front of Portland. Uh, Again, Portland playing Wednesday night. We don't know the result. Lakers playing the Clippers on Thursday night. A game in front of Portland for the seven spot. The Lakers currently six to stay out of the play-in game. The significance again: if you're six or higher, you're guaranteed a first-round series that's going at least five games. You're in the playoff. You're in the play-in game. You're in trouble uh, there. In the in the in a one-loss setting, you could be in big trouble. Two losses and out. So the Lakers want to stay out of that. They play the Clippers, and then who do they play? They play the Portland Trail Blazers on Friday. LeBron has been bothered by the injured ankle. That game uh, coming on Friday night, and I'm verifying this uh, to make sure that they are playing in Portland, yes, on Friday night in a back-to-back. So Lakers-Clippers on Three Dog Thursday, Thursday night, and then ESPN will have the Lakers-Blazers game which could in theory, if the Lakers lose Thursday night, could be for the Blazers to jump them for the sixth spot in the West down the stretch, Brian, quick thought.
2: Yeah. And, and Portland's healthy. Now they've got everybody back except for Zach Collins. Uh, My Hawks are are healthy. We've got everybody back except for Hunter and Reddish, whereas we've been missing like four or five, sometimes six players. Um, So uh, Portland at home with no LeBron, I like Portland in that game. Lakers are in trouble in terms of they're they're. Well, I don't. I, I'm not looking at their whole schedule the rest of the way, but I mean they're definitely perilously close to being Thank in the you. play-in tournament, and LeBron knows that, and uh, that's why he was uh,
0: cussing about it the other night. He he was belly and can I just tell you, forget about the social justice stuff, but stop belly aching about things like uh, you know the play-in. A year ago, he was advocating for the play-in, by the way. You, you flash back to last April and May when they were trying to figure out when they resume. He was saying that the 7, 8, 9, and 10 teams didn't deserve the same standing after they had had to wait for two or three months to come back and play. So you didn't have a problem with those teams having to play extra games in a play-in game nope. last year when it suited you as one of the top seeds. So it's, it's total BS. Uh, You know, if it's good for last year, it's good for this year. The NBA apparently is going to keep this in play for the short term here in future seasons where they want the excitement of the end of the year of stay out of the eight hole, stay out of the seven hole, and you don't have to worry about a play in. And if the Lakers lose their way, because, Brian, I think I saw they were four games two weeks ago. They were four games in front of the seven spot, whoever had it. They're now right there where they could be in it with just a few games left. And that's their own fault with injuries and losses. Yeah,
2: and Anthony Davis, um carry your team, man. Carry your team, Anthony Davis. LeBron's out. You need to step up and uh look, I hate the Lakers, I have them my whole life, so I
0: love it. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> and they did win I, the pandemic. A- they won the pandemic resumption of the season in the bubble in Orlando to win the championship, so they got house money in that regard. But the Lakers could take it on the chin, including this weekend. Uh, we and, will see. For that. And hey, if
2: they, you know, if they are end up, you know, faring well in the play-in, but they're the seventh seed, they can lose to Utah or Phoenix. There's no doubt that they could lose. I would think they would probably be a slight favorite series price-wise, um, but they could lose that series and, you know, never know what's going to happen in the play-in. I mean, if they have to play Golden State, you know, Steph, I don't, you know, Steph can turn 50 on you anytime and sure. it'll be, you know, you short. one-game you know, scenario. Short.
0: And so yeah. we need to explain this one more time before we get out of here in this segment with Brian Edwards, MajorWager.com, Vegas Insider. He's hanging with me on Three Dog Thursday. YouTube Roundtable coming up to talk more about Canelo Alvarez and the fight. Brian will be back more after that. Again, to explain it, the seven will play the eight in a one-game situation where the winner gets to host the next game. The winner becomes the seven seed and gets to host the next game. And then in that case, the seven seed would only have to win once. The eight seed would have to win twice. The same thing will happen with the ninth or the tenth seed. And in the West, the Lakers are not going to likely end up as the ninth or the tenth seed, so that's not important. But the same thing will happen where the nine will host a play-in game. The winner becomes the nine seed and only has to win once. The 10 seed has to win twice. And to your point, if the Lakers are playing the Warriors in the seven and eight and lose to them, they're now playing at Golden State where Golden State only has to win one time to eliminate them. The Lakers have to win twice. And your reward is that you immediately have to go play the Phoenix Suns, hypothetically, in that right. in that next round. So... That's why you don't want to be in that play-in situation while the Suns, while the top two teams are getting rewarded and resting for a week. You got to fight for your life, or at least for three or four days. You got to fight for your life to stay alive in the uh, in the play-ins in the East and the West. If the Lakers end up
2: repeat repeating, it will they're gonna to have to clear some major hurdles, and they will have earned it big time. I, I don't like their chances right now. Well,
0: they're they're wobbling down the stretch and injured, so we'll see on that one. Brian, stand by again. Uh, More with him in the final segment. We've got our YouTube roundtable talking a lot of Canelo Alvarez uh, as well. We're well-versed in all of it as we roll along here on Three Dog Thursday. But first, we're brought to you by our friends at WinBet, bringing you the action of real sports betting with the Win Las Vegas experience. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, sports, and games. Generous promos, odds, and parlays are happening right now at WinBet. Get started today. You'll receive a special offer for up to $500 risk-free on a sports bet. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at winbet.com. And download the app today. Again, that's WYNNBet.com. And we're also brought to you in part by Roman. Look, nobody's perfect. Even the best baseball players strike out with the bases loaded. The best golfers sometimes three-putt with the tournament on the line. So you feel like you've come up short in the bedroom sometimes. It's perfectly okay. But if it's bothering you, there are also options. You can go to GetRoman.com SGP and find out more about ED. With Roman, you get a free online evaluation, ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A U.S. licensed healthcare professional works with you, finds out the best treatment. If medication is appropriate, it's sip, it'll ship out to you for free with two-day shipping. You get started by simply going to GetRoman.com SGP and get an online visit set up. Again, go to GetRoman.com slash SGP now. Get $15 off your first month. There's no straightforward way to take care of ED, but if you go to getroman.com SGP, you can get started now and save $15 off your first month of treatment with Roman. We're also brought to you in part by Better Than Vegas. It's like YouTube, but for what DGNs only care about, and that is sports betting. We're giving away free daily video picks on our Better Than Vegas profile page, and Better Vegas is always running a ton of free contests as well. They've got a bunch of free picks and handicappers to check out. Make sure you subscribe to our profile, and don't miss a pick at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash BTV. That's com slash BTV. And we're brought to you in part by Underdog Fantasy. If you haven't played on Underdog Fantasy, you have to check out their fantasy best ball tournaments, which are some of the best around, including Best Ball Mania 2. That tournament going on right now with your shot at a million dollars. Plus, you can play a number of games involving parlayed player props, for MLB, the NBA, and more. And they have a special NBA playoffs best ball tournament coming up as well. Just go to underdogfantasy.com, use our promo code SGPN, and don't forget to enter the Best Ball Mania 2 tournament right now for your chance at a million dollars. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. dogs a barking
1: who will get it done this week three dog thursday now continues
0: here again is tj Reeves. indeed it is another edition of the three dog thursday youtube roundtable hello there great to be with you if you're only hearing us as i like to say on apple podcast spotify google podcast wherever you get your podcast come find the moving pictures on the youtube roundtable Search for YouTube, search Three Dog Thursday. Come find us via social media link at Three Dog Thursday, etc., for the YouTube roundtable. I am merely the somewhat capable host. By the way, this is a joint interview. So if you're going, wait a minute, this is also on the Powers on Sports Podcast. That's because my man Jason Powers Uh, from right here in the Tampa Bay area is also aboard, And so this is a joint interview on both of our shows, a little cross promotion, a little cross pollination. We love that. Let's welcome in Jason powers right now here on three dog Thursday and on his own podcast, the Jason powers on sports podcast. How are you, my friend?
1: How are you, sir? Appreciate it. We're doing a little innovative work in the podcasting world, a little simulcast along many platforms.
0: I, l- I love the fact that we're sharing, and we're sharing with Marquise John, senior writer, BigFightWeekend.com. Uh, he and I are part of the BigFightWeekend.com website and the Big Fight Weekend podcast, so why don't we make it a table for three here on the YouTube roundtable because we've got some boxing and some Canelo Alvarez to talk about. Marquise Johns, Week Sauce Radio. How do you feel here on the YouTube Roundtable Three Dog Thursday? And also, we're doubling your paycheck on the Powers on Sports podcast as well at the same time. Marquise, how you feeling? Pretty good. DJ
3: checks in the post. Apparently, I love this this
0: integration sensation of these
3: uh, collaborations going on here. I love this.
0: You're like Don King with all of the, uh, <laughs> all of the words. Only in America. Only in America. Would, would love you to know that he's still been in communication with Don King Promotions. Uh, They're still trying to promote fights. And Don King is literally 80, what Mark? Nine, 89 89 years old, still promoting fights. Jason powers. It's crazy that Only in America is still around. And Bob Arum is still around promoting, and he's what, 88, 89? I think he turns 90 this year, actually. He's up there, too. it is crazy uh, about all this. All right, so plenty of boxing coming up. Let's begin, though, on Three Dog Thursday with what we left off on this podcast, and Jason has already been talking about it on Powers on Sports a little bit, and that's the NFL Draft. So uh, I am going to right away uh, here share the screen as the NFL Draft took place and trevor lawrence uh, ends up going as the number one overall pick here he is trevor lawrence with the jacksonville jaguars that was not a big surprise uh, lawrence to the jaguars who are going to be bad zach wilson to the new york jets is the second pick and the second quarterback not a huge surprise but let's jump right in jason powers uh as we take a look here the San Francisco 49ers go with Trey Lance, the North Dakota State uh, quarterback instead of Mac Jones, the Alabama quarterback, instead of Justin Fields, the Ohio State quarterback. I just asked Brian Edwards our handicapper his opinion in the previous segment, Jason, your opinion about that move. I don't have a big
1: problem with it. I mean, the the the, the consensus was this draft was going to start at number 3 with the Niners. What were they going to do? Were they going to go with the more ready-made Guy Mac Jones, who they thought might be ready to go week one, or are they more looking down the road? Trey Lance might need a half a year to get ready. You still got Jimmy Garoppolo in San Francisco. Obviously, the question was going to be: Are you going to keep Garoppolo? If you draft Mac Jones, they're probably going to trade Garoppolo. With them keeping Trey Lance, they're going to they're going to keep you're going to keep Garoppolo. To me, I think it's probably the right thing to do. Is if you think Lance is going to be better three years down the road, then keep Garoppolo for another year. So I don't have a big problem with what they do. And Garoppolo's been a winning quarterback for the Niners when he's been healthy.
0: All right, fair enough on that. Jason and I will kind of go back and forth on the draft. Marquise is here for the boxing and much more. Although Marquise is a Detroit Lions long-suffering fan from the state of Michigan and from the Motor City, do you have any remarks, any cheap shots that you want to take at your Lions right now off of this draft? Or are you somewhat optimistic? Right now, they went offensive line, Penny Sewell, right? The big offensive lineman from Oregon to help protect Jared Goff, Marquise.
3: Yeah, TJ, uh, we went offensive lineman again because the offense was offensive last year. And the problem with this Lions team is that they have so many missing pieces and they need so many of them back. The one thing that they at least got with an offensive lineman, at least... You would think they have have at least one guy that could run the football behind, which is what they didn't have at all for about half the season last year, uh, Bucks game included. So we'll <laughs> see how that all plays out. But the piggy I back off your, your point with the uh, Trey Lance going to the Niners guys, I really think they may they messed this up. They they needed a guy that's already ready to go. They can't if, if they're if they're playing with Garoflo for a half a year, then they're gonna slide this guy in there. These guys will be fired the next season. They won't be able to find out how this guy's really gonna play out. But the the only care i will get mentioned with trey lance is north dakota state let's be honest guys that's a feeder system in a juco program so it's it's about as
0: much of a pro office as you can get so we'll we'll see how it turns out all right and we should make mention here again with san francisco they were in the super bowl two years ago but to marquise's point a bad year last year Uh, lance a bit of a risk jason powers uh with only 17 games played and at the yeah. lower division the fcs level not the not the powerful uh, fbs with all of the sec the big 12 the big 10 this is a bit of a reach it's a bit of a risk and if it doesn't work in the short term kyle shanahan the coach may be in trouble i don't think john lynch the gm is in trouble as uh, as i've discussed on some other interviews some other places but kyle shanahan the coach might be in trouble what do you think? This Jason? is
1: you're right. This is a this is a defining pick for Shanahan. I mean, he he had the blunders with the with the Falcons in the Super Bowl, the other issues. I mean, this is a big move, and I think I think Lance won them over more on the mental side of the game and and is in his he's everybody said he's incredibly smart. He's incredibly uh a teammate, a great teammate, all that kind of good stuff. I think and I, you're right, it is a risk. There's no doubt he he's had the least number of pass attempts as any kid who's ever been drafted that high all right again you're listening to the simulcast podcast three dog thursday podcast powers on sports podcast tj marquise johns let's get to tj your wheelhouse the tampa bay buccaneers your <laughs> thoughts he's wearing old school bucko bruce orange okay, shirts.
0: again again we should say if you're only hearing us on three dog thursday if you're only hearing us on the powers on sports co- podcast come find the youtube channel because yes, the boys can yeah, testify yes. i am rocking old school bucko bruce uh tonight on the interview at the time that we're taping this on the youtube round table come see it just for bucko bruce but go ahead question absolutely please? yeah
1: definitely find us on youtube we're gonna, we're gonna we'll have this whole this whole round table segment let's talk about the buccaneers first round we were t- we, we were people were on are the bucks maybe trade up trade out of the first round They stay where they're at at 32. Joe Tryon from Washington falls in their lap. Tell us a little bit about Joe Tryon.
0: Well, the interesting thing is I don't get them all right. And Marquise is the first one to tell you that uh, I I sometimes don't even get half of them right when we start talking (laughs) boxing. This is why I defer to him on Big Fight Weekend. (laughs) But in three different mock drafts, which, again, it's a whole lot easier to do the mock draft when you're in the top ten. That's like shooting layups in basketball. Hey, I made 9 out of 10 layups. I made 10 out of 10 layups. Almost everybody can make layups. Step back to the free throw line and give me 9 out of 10, picking a mock draft pick at 20. Guys, picking a mock draft pick at 32 is like making a 40-foot Steph Curry shot, if we're talking about this. (laughs) It's like getting in the ring with Canelo Alvarez. In three different mock drafts, I picked the Washington defensive end, Joe Tryon, on a hunch two ways. I didn't have any inside intel, Jason Powers, Marquise Johns, but I believe two things. You you cannot have enough good pass rushers. I believe that guy was still going to be there, and the connection to Vita Vea, the Buccaneers' former number one pick defensive tackle from the University of Washington, where Joe Tryon is from, they were teammates for one season together back three years ago something just said to me that was going to be the pick and sure enough it was the guy didn't play college football Jason Powers last year as you know he opted out for the COVID-19 shortened season decided not to play still ends up being a first round pick and look he's got a great chance on a defense that's loaded to kind of work his way in and be a pass rusher I love it Here for Joe Tryon, Jason Powers as the first pick of the Buccaneers without a lot of eyes and scrutiny probably on him for the first season. And Marquise, I'm going to get to you in one second. Let's go to the
1: second round. Everybody thought the Buccaneers had a a guy,
0: a quarterback
1: targeted potentially. A lot of people thought that they might go quarterback at the end of the first round. The Bucs, again, sit where they're at at 64. Kyle Trask, the quarterback from Florida, falls to him at 64. To me, a perfect pick. And, and a comparison I came up with even before I heard Bruce Arians say he reminded me a lot of Brad Johnson, which was the comparison by Jason Light and Bruce Arians. Big Husky guy, was a backup, took, took advantage of his opportunity to play, six foot five, not the strongest arm. I think Kyle Trask could be a perfect fit in this Buccaneer offense two, three years down the road.
0: Well, let's just say this. This is like being in Marquise Johns' world here. We're all just visiting. Same thing for Kyle Trask with with sitting behind, oh, by the way, Tom Brady. Just sit back and learn. And this may not even be a guy, Jason and Marquise, and for the audiences hearing us on Three Dog Thursday and the Powers on Sports podcast, he may not play at all in 2021, and he may not be called upon in 2022. They may have Tom Brady the next two years with Kyle Trask sitting behind him. And uh, who knows what happens? Brady could, the elbow could give out the shoulder could give out. We don't know, but he is Trask in a perfect situation to sit back and learn from arguably the greatest of all time. So if you're not going to get picked in the first round and you're not going to like Cincinnati, a perennially horrible team, Cleveland pick one that's usually awful. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the next best thing. If you're not going to get to go no. and play, is sit back behind Tom Brady, Marquise. I don't know what your thought is here, but the the Gator fans I know, and we're around a bunch of them. All three yeah. of us guys, they're all elated with this pick for the Buccaneers. What about a yeah, Marquise? they.
3: Yeah, they are, TJ. And it's it's a fun pick because you know there's going to be a quick a quarterback. It was just a matter of if and when. They didn't pick one in the first round because they're all gone. So they picked Cal Trask when he was still there in the second round. I'm intrigued, TJ, to see if he's actually going to be around once all this goes around. Pretty much we're at the mercy of Tom Brady whenever he wants to retire or not. And obviously that's not this season or the season after that it looks like personally. I'm intrigued about that. But if the comparisons, guys, is, is he's the next Brad Johnson do you think they probably was going to draft someone a little more mobile, or were they just,
0: just set, set on Trask's arm? Maybe I think they're happy, Jason. What's your thought? I think they're happy to have him learn to be the same kind of pocket passer that Tom Brady is. What do you think, Jason? Powell? I agree. I think
1: I think he's I think Bruce Arians is the the Byron left which Bruce Arians mindset is wow. pocket passer. They're not as much into the running quarterback, mobile quarterbacks as other organizations are. They believe in the downfield throws, and I think Kyle Trask showed. He's got enough pocket awareness. That's the beauty. You have to have the pocket mobility. It's not the guy that can run around. It's the guy that can move around in the pocket, and Brady's always shown he can do that. Kyle Trask has shown he can do that at Florida. Doesn't have the strongest arm, but he's very cerebral and very accurate. That's That was the difference between
0: him and a Davis Mills and Kellen Mond, those kind of guys. His accuracy is tremendous. And we should say, again, he broke records at Florida, including the, the touchdown touchdown. Uh, record in the sec so there's a lot of pedigree and as you mentioned he was a backup at florida behind felipe franks we were talking about that in the first segment of the three dog thursday podcast again we're we're simulcasting here joint interview it's also on the powers on sports podcast jason's podcast so again find both podcasts but on three dog thursday we were talking about trask sitting behind felipe franks and waiting for his chance he even sat behind de king the miami hurricane and houston cougar quarterback in high school he right. is used to sitting back and waiting for a chance and he's gonna have to sit back with tom brady jason go ahead
1: marquise back to your lions it's a funny thing your gm brad holmes is a tampa guy went to chamberlain high school here in tampa Uh What are your thoughts? What are your thoughts of Dan Campbell and that mentality of building a rugged kind of team, a running team first? They brought in Anthony Lynn to be the coordinator. You draft Sewell. They like big bodies. What is your thought of the whole Dan Campbell regime coming in with with a kind of a mindset of being a hard-nosed
3: team? Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what if what he's able to do in this modern NFL, guys, he's talking about, you know, bringing back the old fashioned, you know, double tight end, you know, I formation, big jumbo package run football game. You know, that's cool. But it's, it's 2021 guys. It's, that, that 1987 stuff may or may not work in, in present day, but we'll see how that works out. The one thing that they did do, which I think was smart on their end when they traded Stafford for golf at least golf has the ability to at least move around somewhere a little bit. Cause Stafford at one point became immobile. And, and at this point, he he's been running around for a decade guys. He's tired. So I get it. And uh, hopefully we'll see what, what, uh, what Holmes and Campbell do with this. I'm actually an, uh, optimistic Jason, uh, at this point, I have nothing else but hope because well, it's been about. And can 50 I interject? Years in the they, they
0: hired Chris Spielman in that front office, and you yep. know this, Marquise—a hard-nosed yep. 1980s, 90s linebacker mentality. Campbell's out of yep. that same yep. mold. They are—they are not going to get beat because of toughness or conditioning. They may get beat on lack of talent. They may get beat right. on Dan Campbell not knowing what he's doing as a coach. But Marquise, mm-hmm. at least you're going to have a tough play hard. I mean, that's what those guys are Spielman in the front office and Campbell, the new coach, they know nothing else than to be bloody nose, dirty, dirty, whatever to go, to go fight you.
3: Yeah. And that was the one thing that was missing. Actually. Honestly, guys, they haven't had a, a, a hard-nosed quote unquote kind of guy probably since Buddy Ross. If we're being realistic here, guys, that's a long time ago. And that Bobby hard nosed got
0: Bobby Ross, yeah, yeah.
3: Bobby Ross. Yeah, Buddy, Buddy was the Arizona guy. Yeah, that was his dad. <laughs> but no, Bobby, Bobby was in town and that chased Barry out, and it's been like this ever since. Hopefully. Uh, the, the era with, with Campbell can, can just hopefully wipe away this, these last few years of Patricia because Patricia was in over his head, guys, and it was just oh. not good this last season whatsoever. Well,
0: and they had Jim Caldwell, and they made the playoffs. They had Rod Marinelli, who I love, and they had an 0-16 season. I got a yeah. stat. You want, you want a stat? As, this, <laughs> as we sit here on these two podcasts, on Three Dog Thursday and on the Powers on Sports podcast, mm-hmm. no Detroit Lions fired coach. No one that they fired has ever been an NFL head coach again after they fired him. Not one. If that tells you, if you need any bigger neon billboard, Marquise knows this, and Jason knows this, that if you're fired by the Lions, you're fired for the NFL. It's yeah. <laughs> incredible. That is, incredible. That is a never, great stat. I mean, you can go all the way back for the last 40 years, including Wayne Fonts, and I don't Fonts. even know. Marquise knows the names. I mean, go all the wow. way back to, like, Daryl Rogers and whoever coached Rogers. Co- oh, wow. coach, coach the Lions, whatever it was. None of them have ever gotten another wow. NFL mm. head coaching job after being ousted by the Detroit Lions. That's incredible, Jason. That's, That's incredible. An
1: all right, as we wrap up the NFL, let's go to. I'm gonna go to each you guys. Give me, a, give me a kind of surprise out of left field pick that you that you noticed in the first round. A lot of people were questioning the Raiders picking Alex Leatherwood <laughs> as high as they did. Mayock and Gruden have seemed to have some issues in the first round the last couple of years. You know, you have the Mac Jones falling to New England at 15. Give me a pick that you liked, you really liked, or you said, what are they, what are they doing,
0: TJ? I'll give you. I'll give you real quick uh here that I I loved the uh the Philadelphia Eagles getting Devontae Smith I've said on this podcast I said I think Jason is a guest with you I think I said it to my 13 year old twins anybody else that would listen I was walking around the neighborhood (laughs) with a dog saying it to the postman and whoever (laughs) Devontae Smith is the best receiver in this draft so I love the Eagles pairing him with Jalen Hurts I, I Cincinnati is just Cincinnati what are they doing I know they want to put Jamar Chase the receiver from the LSU Tigers with Joe Burrow, the former LSU quarterback. But I did not understand passing on Devontae Smith, who I think is the better receiver. So there's there's a couple from me. Marquise, did you have any more surprises or are you still just licking your wounds as a Lions fan that you're trying not to go 0-16? What's the deal? Uh,
3: well, I'm still licking my wounds, TJ, but the one pick that made me excited actually was the fact that the Chicago Bears guys yes. gave it their entire future for uh, <laughs> Justin Fields. And if that pick fails, guys, we uh, won't be in last place in Detroit anymore, guys. That's just plain and simple.
0: <laughs> I like well, that. Well, the thing
3: is, that, that picks, that picks you know, Nagy and Ryan
1: Pace's jobs are on the line. They have that, to that move. As soon as Fields got past Denver at number nine, when they didn't take a quarterback, I think it's a great move. I, who knows if he can play or not, but it shows the fan base, hey, we're going for it. We're, we're, we're willing to risk, another, uh, you know, two years worth the number ones, which is okay. That's what you have to pay these days. If you're going to make a big move like that in the draft, you have to give up that second number one pick. And and it's being shown that number one picks aren't nearly as valuable as we thought they used to be 10, 15 years True. ago. Yeah. With The salary cap situation, you can reset after a year or two if a pick doesn't work out.
0: But how many more times do you get to screw it up if you're Ryan Pace, the GM, Matt uh, Maggie as the coach? Because ultimately – Uh, They traded for Mitch Trubisky and traded up a number one pick to move up one spot to take him and didn't take Deshaun Watson or, oh, by the way, Patrick Mahomes when they traded up to take Mitch Trubisky. So uh, who knows? All right, we'll turn this now to boxing real quick on both the Three Dog Thursday on the YouTube simulcast and also uh, to the Powers on Sports podcast no matter when uh, or where that you're hearing us, come find the YouTube roundtable on this. We are looking on the YouTube roundtable. This is right in Marquise and Mai's wheelhouse. Canelo Alvarez in action Saturday night. Uh, The Unified Super Middleweight 168-pound championships are on the line. Alvarez, multi-division world champ, arguably the biggest non-heavyweight name in the sport uh, that's currently active. Uh, so, Marquise, we come to you first here. We're going to talk a lot on Big Fight Weekend's podcast on BigFightWeekend.com, building towards the weekend. But since we're here on Three Dog Thursday, we're here on Powers on Sports, tell the audience's plural about Canelo and England's Billy Joe Saunders coming up quickly.
3: Absolutely, TJ. For those who have been under a rock, it's Canelo Fight Week, and he is in action in Dallas at Jerry World in front of 65,000 fans or so, taking on the undefeated Billy Joe Saunders as a unification bout for his version of it's pretty much the belt on the line guys for at the 168 pounds is the WBO that Billy Jill Saunders has the WBA and the WBC, which Canelo has. So they're going to try to merge all these pies together here for, uh, this weekend. Making it one step closer for unification at 168 with that Caleb Plant has, and it's going to be a fun one. TJ, I'm looking forward to it actually, mainly for the simple reason that the biggest guy in the sport, Canelo, is fighting again. This will be his second time this year already. TJ, I have no, we we know guys who have been fought haven't fought since the pandemic took place. So three
0: fights in five months for Alvarez: wow. December, February, and May. So he's been very active, and again, yeah incentives financially for him to do that jason we're also sharing the screen and showing the audience on the three dog thursday youtube roundtable and also the audio podcast for powers on sports we're showing them at&t stadium where they will have jason marquise and the audience as we also see the inside of the stadium yes. some sixty thousand plus probably closer to sixty-five thousand or more somewhat socially distanced but most of it is huge crowd on the football field of the of the stadium and in the four levels of the stadium they will have this fight and it will be the largest crowd of anything post covid-19 pandemic to this point including the NFL including the Kentucky Derby which last weekend had 50,000 people spread out at Churchill Downs for the horse race this will have some 60 65,000 jason power so it's kind of transcending boxing as we look on the screen here
1: you guys are the boxing experts Tell me about this Billy Joe Saunders. Is this guy a tomato can, or is he a legitimate? Is he a legitimate threat to at least give Alvarez a test,
3: Marquise? Well, if you're going to play a drinking game, you guys, Saturday night watching this fight, you're going to hear the words Billy Joe Saunders and Slick Southpaw to the point where you will be passed out drunk from that. So he <laughs> he has a couple of move abilities, guys. He he's just not the. Canelo's just on a different level than these guys at 168. I'm just that's just the way it is. And of course, the guy who who is the greatest in the sport is going to be heavily favored, like Canelo is at this point. And that's where Billy Joe Saunders is. The one thing with Billy Joe Saunders, Jason, and why this fight is taking so long. This fight was supposed to happen during around COVID tomorrow. I want to say May of last year. COVID right. wiped all of that out. And then they tried to reschedule it. Billy Joe Saunders needed more time and all of her boxing shenanigans. But nonetheless, they're here. They're in town to set for Saturday in Dallas. And it's one of those fights where Billy or Joe Saunders is going to have to pl- pretty much have the fight of his life to beat Canelo. I, I just don't he's
0: see not in the and for the audience on Powers on Sports and for Three Dog Thursday, Saunders is not a big puncher. He is a yeah. slick boxer, a southpaw. Canelo is obviously one of the greats. He's got a big punch. He's going to stalk him. Uh and the the real the real question is can Saunders do enough with hand speed and movement to frustrate him and make this a fight and make this a contest? We'll see. Hey Marquise, real quick, Saunders, yeah. because it's three dog Thursday, is a five and a half to one doggy here, a plus five twenty five. <laughs> Canelo is seven and a half to one favorite. Uh I know we're gonna talk more about the odds and specifically on the big fight weekend podcast. Another uh-huh. another plug there when we talk gambling. Do we do we even tempt it with Billy Joe Saunders as the underdog here, or do you give him virtually no shot against Canelo uh, Saturday night? At, at this point,
3: TJ, I don't. I'm not saying he doesn't have a shot, but I'm I'm keeping my money in my pocket on this one. I'm going I keep that.
0: half jokingly saying is if if somebody hides Canelo's boots or if he gets hurt then it could, it could happen. But other than that, I don't think there's uh, there's much drama. Uh, Jason, yeah. we've only got a few minutes left. Go ahead. You got anything else? Yeah. i would yeah. ask
1: you guys both one question. Obviously we're on the simulcast three dog Thursday, big fight weekend.com podcast and the powers on sports podcast. Give me, give the audience a little summary of what's going down, down in Puerto Rico. You guys have been all over this story. The last several days, Felix Verdejo has been arrested and charged with murder of his, of his pregnant girlfriend
0: give the audience a little background of how all that story has come together and just the the, the parameters behind the story a little bit. Okay. We've been all over this and kudos to my man, Marquise Johns, because he had one of the first English speaking articles up on this when it was all going on, on Friday in Puerto Rico, they frantically searched for this woman for two days, found her horrifically uh, floating uh, dead in a lagoon Saturday near Carolina, Puerto Rico, which is just outside of San Juan. Horrible. And Verdejo is the prime suspect he's been charged with her kidnapping her murder this is a 27 year old lightweight 135 pound contender Marquise, pick it up here horrible horrific story where we have been writing about real life horrible murder news on the website and we'll obviously be talking more about this on our podcast but this is awful stuff verdejo has ruined it would appear Not only his boxing career, but his life and has murdered his girlfriend, if all of this is is to be believed. Marquise, go ahead real quick.
3: Yeah, TJ, this is absolutely horrific, guys. Pretty much that episode of Law and Order Criminal Intent, where the guy kills his wife and and gets away with it for about 45 minutes until they catch him. Yeah, that's what happened here. And it's not good at all. He pretty much uh, killed his mistress, essentially, uh, who was pregnant because she came by and He already has a a prior relationship or where he's in one currently. So someone had to go and he made the reckless and irresponsible decision of killing this woman for some reason or another, allegedly. And we'll see what happens from
0: there. But long story short, guys, we'll never see this guy again. (laughs) I mean, he's immensely he's an immensely popular fighter in Puerto Rico, up and coming Mm -hmm. star. He got beat in his last fight in December in an upset loss. Yeah, kind of derailed him a little bit. And now this, I mean, this is just, it, it has been nonstop in Puerto Rico, the number one story for the last five days. So again, thank you for indulging us as the boxing guys, but it has transcended the rest of sports, yeah. Jason. And we only got about two or three minutes left. Anything else, Jason?
1: Kudos to you guys. You guys have been all over it. Done great reporting on it, on all your, the various platforms. So very much real, one more question about uh, this weekend. Yeah. This has been a traditional Mexican fighters weekend with Cinco de Mayo weekend all over for many, many years. How do you think? Why not Las Vegas as opposed to Jerry World? More because of the attendance, the ability to do it in the stadium? Is that why they. Marquise,
0: go ahead.
3: He- yeah, Jason, pretty much what it is in Vegas, because there are having shows back in Vegas at the end of this month, but it's it's because of the attendance caps on it. Pretty much Texas, as we all know, guys, it's an open range. Vegas <laughs> is only having at most half capacity or in, in, in case for these top ring shows about 45,
0: 40%. So you got to follow the money on some of this stuff and they, that money is clearly in Dallas. and they they've not been able to use outdoor venues in vegas or the 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 new uh allegiance stadium Stadium. yeah raider stadium so their indoor capacity is like four thousand three thousand four thousand they're trying to have fights there which they will do later this month jason in the month of may that ain't sixty thousand that ain't sixty five thousand or greater which is what we're looking for this canelo fight to be saturday night and that's why it's in texas They say everything's bigger in Texas. And now we're gonna find out for Canelo. Last quick,
3: last quick thought. Give me the what what's the word on Floyd Mayweather?
0: Is he coming back to
3: fight? What's he doing? Marquise? He's coming back, but it's definitely not a fight, Jason. It is an (laughs) exhibition against Logan Paul. It is the it is the usual uh shenanigans from Floyd Mayweather again. Pretty much what's happening, guys, and it it, it, it just made word that uh, triller is pushing back their TFIM Lopez George Cambosas fight that was happening that Saturday. So what's happening is that Floyd's back to take over his pay-per-view king status. And that fight on Sunday, June 6th is pushing everything in itself out of the picture. For, for it to happen. to Happen on Showtime.
0: Interesting. And so again, is Floyd fighting an exhibition as far as we know against yes, a YouTuber failed actor, Logan <laughs> Paul. Yes. This is what we've come to. This is mm-hmm. not the boxing we know, but that's bringing in a different audience. So Crazy. that's what's coming up. Hey, Jason powers. Thank you. Great job. Thank powers you. on sports podcast for Jason. Again, if you're hearing us on the three dog Thursday podcast, if you're seeing us on the YouTube round table, Uh, Again, we're on Jason's podcast as kind of a joint interview, a simulcast on Powers on Sports. Marquise John, senior writer, bigfightweekend.com. Thank you as well. I'll promote uh, for my guys one more time here that are seeing us on the YouTube roundtable that you can follow uh marquise johns at weak sauce radio there he is and he's mugging for the detroit pistons as well oh man radio (laughs) on the twitter handle love that jason powers is jpo sports on twitter if you're only hearing us or you see him right there on social media follow him at jpo sports on the powers on sports podcast Guys, we got to get out of here. Great job on Three Dog Thursday. Jason, keep knocking them dead. We're on your podcast, Powers on Sports Podcast. Marquise, we've done this once. We'll do it again on the Big Fight Weekend podcast to preview more of Canelo and Billy Joe Saunders. Thank you, guys. Great stuff here on Three Dog Thursday. Great job. Thanks, TJ. Thanks, Thanks, Marquise. Thanks a lot, guys. Indeed, we are back in one more time. Senior Handicapper, Vegas Insider, MajorWager.com. Brian Edwards back with us. We talked a lot of NBA with you back in, the first segment of the show, we need to make mention you've been rolling. You've been talking about this uh, with your different NBA plays documented on Vegas insider. Uh, they need to look into that and see the street that you've been on. You've been, you've been one in the top five in, uh, in recent weeks, if not number three, you were a couple of weeks ago with the NBA pick. So this is no joke, not just underdogs, but also under overtotals. What you were tweeting earlier in the week, the Miami heat have gone over what like seven straight games or something like that headed into the midweek. You're playing the over totals. The under, the over, the, uh, the spread. They need to lock in on Vegas Insider, right?
2: Yeah. So last night I had the over on in Miami, and, and that game flew over uh, against uh, Dallas. And uh, so it's now seven overs uh, in a row uh, for the Heat. Um, another team that, that's hot uh, that we didn't mention earlier is the T Wolves. Uh, they are 6 0 1 against the spread with five outright wins, including two wins over Utah in their last uh seven and their uh their short home underdogs to Memphis on Wednesday night um there was like oh my record uh it's 110 83 and two 57 percent plus 18.94 units I was on a five and0 run until I split last night um uh, the guy from Sacramento he didn't he made only one or two free throws the second one would have got me a push uh,
0: so that was <laughs> the way tough. it always um, is.
2: Yeah. yeah. So I missed that one tonight. I'm on the Hawks uh, or Wednesday night. I'm on the Hawks plus one to Phoenix at home and uh, over two twenty seven and a half. and a
0: half playing those. And we should make mention while you said that the T wolves and the heat play each other Friday night in Miami, keep an eye on that game. What did you say? The T wolves have won. How many straight uh, six, and covered?
2: 6-0-1 oh, against the spread with five outright wins in their last seven.
0: All right, keep an eye on that for the Friday night game. If you're interested in wagering on that, see Brian Moore on his social media and on VegasInsider.com. All right, before we get out of here on Three Dog Thursday, Canelo Alvarez, Saul Canelo Alvarez, arguably one of the biggest names in boxing currently, certainly one of the biggest names in the last decade, four-division multi-time world champion. He's fighting at 168 pounds against an Englishman Billy Joe Saunders who's little known he's only fought one time in the United States only one time outside the UK more of a boxer not a big puncher and I I know you and I were joking before I hit the record button that there's a lot of conversation about how big is the ring right at AT AT&T Stadium Saturday night for Canelo right I mean we got to have some controversy in boxing I jokingly have put out there on social media they could hold it in the end zone because the Cowboys didn't use it enough last year at AT AT&T Stadium let Billy Joe be in the end zone of Cowboy Stadium and trying to run from Canelo. But you can run, but you can't hide, my friend, for this fight on Saturday night.
2: No really, no relation to Billy Joe Falcons against the 49ers many decades ago.
0: Yeah, no Billy um, Joe Holbert. Uh, no, uh, not, not any of that. But Billy Joe Saunders, uh, he comes in as a hefty Is he undefeated? He is, is he undefeated? undefeated. He's 30-0. and 0. He's had his version of the super middleweight title for about four or five fights but he comes in as a plus 525 underdog Canelo is seven and a half to one to win. Uh, and, and, and Alvarez is fighting for the third time in five months. Is his activity? Whoa. His activity wow. has to do with the fact that it was an easy fight. The last time out, it was expected to be in February and he's getting paid more by the DAZN streaming service on new subscribers. So this is a new month for the month of May. If they crank, oh. Several hundred thousand new subscribers, he's getting a percentage of that for May. So he's back in the ring, Cinco de Mayo earlier in the week. Big Mexican-American tie in, in Texas, easier for the Mexican fight fans to get to Texas. They're gonna, Brian, they're going to have 65,000 or more there. It is going to be some atmosphere when he comes to the ring, et cetera. This is the biggest crowd, NFL included, Kentucky Derby last weekend that we've had. Since the COVID-19 pandemic, it's expected to be some scene coming up yeah. Saturday night.
2: Uh, yeah, it's awesome, man. That activity is uh for a, a guy of his stature, three fights in five months. That that's unheard of in
0: boxing, isn't it? We gotta get paid is, is what he's looking at. Well, it's great uh,
2: though. I mean, that's
0: great. Yes. you having
2: your I mean, he's the most popular. I mean, with Mayweather doing uh just little sideshow bob events. I mean Yes. Canelo is the most popular guy in
0: the world boxing-wise these days, right? Non-heavyweight especially, yes. Non-heavyweight yeah. at this point. Yeah. Uh, and I, I hearken back your old school like me. People don't realize and understand that when Mike Tyson won the heavyweight championship in November of 86, and he did so as the youngest heavyweight champion just over 20 years old, he fought seven more times in the next 14 months after that wow. time. He was repeatedly fighting and defending the title because that's how you got paid there weren't mega deals there weren't mega pay-per-views back in the 80s and what alvarez understands right now is again in this subscription-based incentive situation if i fought in february and we got new subscribers for that month i got that money now if i come back in may and i fight again at the beginning of the month and there's new subscribers i got that money and he will probably fight again especially if it goes well and he's not marked up not hurt whatever he'll probably fight again in September in the fall he's getting paid again on the new subscribers i like the frequency of this with alvarez who's excited is lampley calling the fight this will not be jim lampley these will be our DAZN guys and here's a plug for the big fight weekend podcast we love the DAZN call of todd grisham who used to be on the wwe coverage does a He'd great job of boxing UFC, UFC well. Grisham was on Grisham the UFC and Grisham, a big Atlanta Falcons fan, by the way, too. Brian Evers. Is he so from Grisham, Mississippi? Yes. Grisham from on the Miss- call. Yes. Grisham on the call. Sergio Mora, the Latin Snake, the contender winner from the first reality show. He's always on the call as uh, well in his own. They'll call it. Uh, Sergio, uh, Mexican American from California. He's ready for the Brotherhood there for Canelo Saturday night. They'll be on the call. Uh, And again, there will be millions that will watch this on DAZN in North America and in Mexico and also in the UK. They're fighting a little earlier on Saturday, so it's not the middle of the night in the UK, not as bad, at least anyway, in the UK for this uh, bout. Because again, in England, Saunders is a bigger deal. There will will probably be a couple of million that will watch as fight fans in the UK to watch him fight Canelo Alvarez. I just don't give him much of a shot. I think Alvarez might get as I was saying in the in the roundtable segment, Alvarez might get him like in the late rounds on a stoppage. I don't know that it goes the distance, Brian. What what time frame do you think the Canelo will head to the ring? My, my understanding when? is it was going to be somewhere around nine Eastern time, eight local time. And the reason again they're awesome. doing that is that is still going to be like one a.m. in England. They aren't going to sure. do it much earlier than that because again you've got a huge uh, Western audience. West Coast audience and in Mexico, most of Mexico is in the mountain or the Western time zones, the Pacific time zone. So, you want it to be later in the evening for more of those purchases to zone or pay per view in Mexico. So, it's not going to be much earlier than like nine Eastern times, something like that, that they <clears throat> would fight. And still, it's going to be some atmosphere uh, to watch this. And I'm just glad that we're getting back into some of the normalcy with the vaccine and the COVID restrictions being lifted. You're going to see bonkers at AT&T Stadium on, uh, on Saturday night uh, for this fight. All right, Brian, we have come to the end here of Three Dog Thursday. One more plug for you, your social media, your sites on everything, including the NBA in particular this time of year. Plug away, my friend.
2: Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Vegas B Edwards. You can uh, find my picks on VegasInsider.com. You can find my content on MajorWager.com and – also do a lot of, uh, you know, if you're looking for NBA injury info, I do that from the Major Wager uh, Twitter account at Major Wager Uno, U-N-O. As always, TJ, thanks for having me, brother. And, uh, oh, and all of you go bake your bet on Kyle Pitts to win Offensive Rookie of the Year <laughs> at anywhere from 10 to 12 to 1 odds. It's it's money in the bag.
0: Uh, unless my Buccaneers have some say so in the two games in the NFC South. And we learn the NFL schedule next week. Are my Buccaneers opening on that Thursday night against the Dallas Cowboys? Are they opening on the Thursday night opener, raising the Super Bowl banner against the Buffalo Bills? Is it another team on the Bucs schedule? Probably not a division team. We'll see. Right. Uh, but very interesting on Pitts there now in Atlanta and within the division. Uh, Oh, he's
2: going to be good, TJ. Uh, Your secondary is going to have some problems.
0: I'm looking forward to all of it. And, again, keep it locked in on Brian's NBA plays. Again, that Lakers situation we were talking about earlier, playing the Clippers Thursday night, playing the Blazers on Friday night. Brian will have info on his Twitter handle, at VegasBEdwards on MajorWager.com, about those games and all the plays this weekend in the NBA, including the underdogs. Brian, thank you. My man, thank you. Have a good one, brother. There we go. There's Brian Edwards. We thank you for finding us. Subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts to Three Dog Thursday. We thank you for finding us through the Sports Gambling Podcast Network of shows at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. We're back next week with another edition of the only digital radio show that hones in on those doggies. It is Three Dog Thursday. Bye.